Welcome to Reliance's Sunday Sermon. Worship with us at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Father, thank you for this day. Lord, I pray that your word, your word would get into our hearts and transform us, Lord. We want a transformational work in our hearts. We are not the same men and women that walked in these doors. God, thank you that your word changes us, transforms us, makes us more and more like you. That's what we desire. We desire less opinions of man and more of the heart of Jesus in our hearts. So thank you, welcome. It's good to have you part of the family. Because we talked about gratefulness last week, today we're gonna talk about something that I think comes on the heels of that, which is people of compassion. We are compassion people. Everybody say compassion. Here's what I think. I'm just gonna tell you my opinion. I think that when we start to understand gratefulness and thankfulness, when we start to understand that everything that we have comes from the Lord, I think one of the markers that falls on the heels of understanding that the Lord has done so many things for us, I think one of the markers that marks us from being grateful people is that we become compassionate people. We realize all that God has done for us and then what spills out of us is compassion for others. God has moved in our hearts. God has blessed us. God has has saved us. He's redeemed us. And all of that 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 we are grateful for begins to come out of us and we're going, oh, that everybody would just know this, that the Lord loves them. He's for them. He has a plan for them. And so what comes, I think, on the heels of being a grateful people is that we are a compassion people. Now, I wanna talk about compassion for just a moment because I think over the years, especially in our society, compassion has kind of lost its luster a little bit. I think that we've done some damage to compassion. In fact, I would say that for some, we kind of see compassion maybe now as more of a weakness, right? So I've got to step on people. I've got to crush people to get to where I want to get to. Life is about getting mine, and that's all that matters. And so what's happened is we've developed into a society, just look out there, turn on the news, and whatever you see, the vi- whatever the violence that you see out there is that we just simply don't really care about each other anymore. It's almost like a weakness. I think there's a years, compassion has almost become something that's almost like a weakness. I think there's a reason for that. I think that compassion has kind of gotten a bad rap for many. And I think it's because in some ways we've become desensitized to it. So for instance, if you turn on your TV, um, you'll see a commercial and I don't remember the group, that, but you know, you know the dog commercial where the dogs are really sad and like you're supposed to give to the dogs? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? What's that group called? Yeah, awesome. So they got a name to them, and it's awesome. And, and you watch this video, and you see these sad dogs, and they, what they do, here's what they do. They play sad music behind it, and then somebody comes on with this voice, right? And so you've got sad music with a sad voice and sad dog faces, and I'm wiping tears away going, I'm going to sell my house and give to the dogs. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take care of every puppy in America, Right? How dare you, right, kind of thing. It's supposed to incite something in you. The whole reason that they do that is it's it's trying to stir an emotion in you. They want you to be connected with every dog face that you see. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Now, I love it. I'm not knocking it. If you're a dog lover, I love dogs. If you love dogs, you're like, well, they should, right? I'm like, whatever, more power to you, whatever. Here's the problem. Right after that commercial comes on, then another one comes on where you see hungry kids. 
And they do the same thing, the music in the background and the soft voice and there are hungry kids everywhere. And then it's supposed to incite something in you where you go, oh, they're hungry kids. I got to take care of these hungry kids. The problem is when you watch them over and over and over, you become desensitized to it and you begin to go, the hungry dogs are the same as the hungry kids. They're one and the same. And you go, I'm not going to do anything for them. So the chances of me doing anything for these kids is the same thing. I'm just not going to do anything. And we become more and more desensitized and we use language like it's just the way the world works. We just live in a broken world. They're going to be hungry kids. It's just a broken world. They're going to be hungry animals. It's just a broken world. They're going to be hurting people. It's just a broken world. It's just the way that it is. And so what happens is instead of looking at those things and being stirred to action, we just look at those things and we flip the, t- you know, the, the station and we keep eating our potato chips. Because our compassion has become, in some ways, desensitized until, until, until you put boots to the ground and you actually see those men and women. I've watched those commercials for years, and then I went to Guatemala a couple of years and made eye contact with people that I began to realize, oh, this isn't a commercial, this is real. This isn't distant, this is close. This isn't just somebody trying to... And everything in that moment changed being there in Guatemala City in the slum. Hard to act watching these men and women and going, God, that you would birth something in our heart to actually care. Not just in theory. Not just in a, yeah, we could maybe do something from time to time, but that you would do something in our heart that would change me. That when I look at people, I've got compassion for people. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? that I would be changed forever by that person. You see, we have this thing around here where um, we wanna look a lot more like Jesus and a lot, like, a lot less like ourselves, amen? You hear us say it all the time, we wanna look like Jesus. This is our goal, we wanna look more and more and more like Jesus, and here's the thing, Jesus was compassion. Just have a little bit of it. He didn't just garner it from time to time. Jesus did was birthed out of passion. And so you could argue that everything that Jesus did was birthed out of compassion. I'm gonna show you that here in just a moment. And so our goal, that as the days approach closer and closer and closer to his coming, his church better look more and more and more like him and less like ourselves. As the days get closer, we better look more like him and less like ourselves. And you could argue that the way that we look like him is that everything he did was birthed out of compassion. I'm gonna show you this here, some examples of this in God's heart. Here's what scripture says about God's heart with compassion. In regards to the poor, in regards to the poor, this is what he'll say in Psalm 72, 13. He, God, will spare the poor and the needy and will save the souls of the needy. This is God towards the poor. Jesus is gonna say it later on in in, in the Gospels when he's gonna say, what you do to the least of these, those that are naked, those that are poor, those that are hungry, those that don't have shelter, what you do to the least of these, I say you've done unto me. He's gonna talk about not just the examples of the poor, he's gonna talk about God's forgiveness towards us. He, being full of passion, forgave their, Psalm 78, 38, he being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them, praise the Lord. Yes, many a time he turned his did not stir up his wrath because of his compassion. 
in relationship to how we treat others. He's going to use compassion. Zechariah 7, 9. Thus says the Lord of hosts, execute true justice, show mercy, and what? Compassion everyone to his brother. With the way that Jesus viewed people, he's going to tell us about compassion. Matthew 9, 36. When he saw the multitudes, Jesus was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. When it comes to forgiveness of others, because not only are we forgiven, but we're supposed to forgive others, he tells us what's gonna lead the way in that. Matthew 18, Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And then finally, in relationship to one another as believers, he's gonna tell us what drives us and makes us one. He says, finally, all of you, be of one mind. That's what he says. 1 Peter 3, 8, be of one mind, having what? Compassion for one another. Love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous. Be of one mind, having compassion. So what I hope that you see is that interwoven throughout the whole fabric of Scripture, from Old Testament to New Testament, what you're going to see is the thing that led the heart of God, his love, the thing that led the heart of Jesus, his love, is rooted in compassion. And I think for you and I, this is a big deal that we need to get in our heart today as the church. I think there's a hungry world that's starving, that's asking the question, where is God at? And I think there's a church that needs to respond in compassion. Many of Jesus' miracles were rooted or operated out of compassion. You're going to see this throughout Jesus' ministry time. Compassion is why men and women were healed. You're You're going to see it a lot where it's Jesus will show up on a scene and he'll say these words. He had compassion on them. And here's what compassion does. Compassion gives us a genuine heart for people. James says, but when you're praying, if your prayers are not answered, he talks about praying with selfish motives. But when you're praying for others, when you're believing for others, when you've got compassion for others, I think, so Jesus is praying for people, he's got compassion on them, and he's seeing people healed. One of those miracles comes from Luke, encounter this woman, who's Luke 7, verse 11. Jesus is gonna encounter this woman who's desperate, who's struggling and who feels really, really in a place in her heart where she's just been utterly destroyed. And here's what he says. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain and told a man who had died as he drew near to the gate of the town. Behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. So here's a woman who's following this crowd, this basically deal where her dead son has just passed away. She's a widow. She's already lost her husband. She's grieving, and there's a crowd that's coming after her, and Jesus runs into them in this town. Here's what he says. So this widow and a considerable crowd from the town was with her. Verse 13, here's the key. And when the Lord saw her on her, and he said to her, And he said to her, do not weep. That sounds like an odd thing to say to a woman who's just lost her son. The Lord saw her, had compassion on her, and he gives these words, do not weep. And then Jesus is gonna show her why she's not gonna be weeping. Then he came up and he touched the buyer, okay, what the the man was laid on, 
and it says, and the bearer stood still. So there, these guys are carrying this deal that this man is lying on. Jesus comes and touches what it is that they're carrying. Now there's a couple reasons why they stood still. One, in their Jewish custom, in their tradition, you didn't come around dead bodies. So you've got Jesus coming up, and two, just it's awkward in society. If there's a funeral procession, you don't go up to the casket, open it up, and say, stop, do you? The police would be called on you. So it's weird what Jesus is doing right now. So everybody stands still. What is this guy doing right now? And he said some really awkward words. Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to, just, let's just put it in modern day time. I have to be a little freaked out. Just, let's just put it in modern day times. Somebody's got a funeral, somebody's pushing a casket, and you've got casket bears. You go, oh, hold on, stop. Get up, open it up, and you begin to talk to dude, right? You say, get up. And the guy rises up. Somebody's dropping the casket. Come on. It's just the reality. So what's happening is supernatural. What's happening is Jesus is seeing something in a woman and he wants to take care of it. Here, li listen what he says. He says, and the dead man sat up and began to speak and Jesus gave him to his mother. Can you imagine in that moment, she's grieved, she's broken, she's hurting. She sees her dead son set up who's now alive and Jesus grabs his hand. This is how I picture it. He grabs the man's hand and he goes, come here. And he takes this young man to his widowed mother who's already suffered tons of loss in her life and he puts that warm hand back in his mother's hand and he goes, I just love you. I just care for you. And here's what it says. Fear, there was fear, and they glorified God. There was fear. They're like, what just happened? This guy was dead, and he's setting up, and now he's going over to his mom. Like, what just happened? There was a fear that gave its way over to a glorification of God. And, great, and they said, and this is what happened and they were saying, a great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. So they're speaking of Jesus going, God has visited his people. God steps down, and he has compassion on his people. And then he finishes it with this. And this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and the surrounding country. Church, listen to this. You, you've got a mother whose one and only son is dead, whose husband has passed away, life has thrown her some really bad things. How could she survive? How could she live? Grief had hit her heart. She had lost so much, and Jesus took note. I want you to understand this. Jesus took note. It wasn't that he walked in. He's probably seen 100,000 dead people, right? I mean, this culture, you got disease, you got war, you got all these things, body that he's seen. Jesus is walking, and he sees just a funeral procession. What made him stop in that moment? It says that he saw her. It wasn't even about a woman who was broken. It was about a woman who was wounded. It was about a woman whose heart was just in a place of going, I don't know what to do. Jesus took note and he saw her heart. The key in this, I want to come back to that here in just a moment. 
when you look at someone and you see somebody with the eyes of compassion, what does it mean? What does compassion mean? That's great, Aaron. Yeah, look at somebody with compassion. What is compassion? Let me, let me tell you what compassion is from Scripture for just a moment. The Hebrew word that you'll find in places where compassion or pity are used is the word hus. Everybody say hus. H-U-S. Means to look with pity. It describes the places where compassion is used, to look with pity. In Matthew 20, 34, Jesus is gonna heal a couple blind guys. They're crying out. Everybody's been telling them, be quiet, be quiet. Just don't cry out to him, right? Be quiet, just leave him alone. And it says in verse 33, the Lord, they came to the Lord and they said, Lord, let our eyes be open. And Jesus, in pity, Scripture says, in compassion, in hus, Jesus, in pity, in compassion, in hus, touched their eyes and immediately they recovered their sight and they followed him. So when we talk about this word pity, we're not talking about a pity like in a negative way. Anybody ever have a pity party? Come on. Yeah, raise your hands. You're having a pity party right now? I don't pity, right? You have a pity party. That means it's like, it's, oh, it didn't go my way. It didn't happen the way I wanted it. We're having a pity party. We all have them. We all have pity parties. This isn't that kind of pity. He's not talking about a pity party. He's talking about the kind that says, oh, my heart hurts for you. My heart is grieved that you're grieving. My heart is hurt that you're wounded. My heart is hurt that you're going through this turmoil. It's the kind of pity, I like this definition that says, the feeling which goes out towards someone who's in trouble, their sorrow or their suffering or the trouble of another accompanied by the urge to help them. I've got this urge, I see this woman, Jesus sees this woman, it's not even about her son, he sees a woman and he's got this urge to help her. To look with pity, it's not like watching, the Hebrew word hus then, if it means to look with pity, it's not like watching that television show. Going, oh, poor puppies. I'm not knocking, I'm just telling you. Watching that and click the channel, keep eating and go on. It's watching that and finding this pity of going, oh, I've got an urge to take care of that. This is the kind of compassion that scripture talks about. It's the kind of compassion that has action behind it. Sorrow for sufferings, again, of another that are accompanied by an urge to help. I like this definition. Expressing not only empathy for another, where we, in, but expressing not only empathy for another, but where we enter into the suffering and struggles of another. Going beyond empathy into action, putting a concrete form to the love of God that's inside of us. But it all started with Jesus seeing her. It all started with you and I opening our eyes like Jesus, to see. Seeing differently means seeing with the eyes of compassion. I just, I want you to hear me say this. We live in a culture where we don't like to look at people very much anymore, right? Like we don't make eye contact very often with you. Our culture, in fact, if you find out in our culture, we, we, we actually are so busy or so you know, driven by whatever it is that we're doing or we don't wanna offend anybody that very rarely are we making eye contact with one another. I was sharing this in the first service. I, I feel like in our culture today, like, like we, 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 we don't like to look at one another because you see people say things like, you know, like especially when fights break out or when people have tension, like you'll hear these words, you looking at me? Well, yeah, I am. 
It's like looking at somebody as like a threat to them. You guys know what I'm talking about? We've developed in this culture, we just, just, just pass by, but don't really make eye contact. I'm, I'm telling you, any people watchers out there, anybody like to watch people? I love to watch people. I just don't like to know, let them know that I'm watching them. You guys know what I'm talking It's creeper status, really. I mean, so my wife and I, we love to watch people. I shared this a couple years ago when my son joined kids wrestling. We would go to these kids wrestling matches because these parents are wackos, all right? And we're those parents too, but I mean, wackos. Moms walking up and down the mat, pound-eyed-eyed. I remember, never forget the first one we went into. We went in and then you got moms walking up and down the mat, pounding on the mat. You got dads like puffing up, like fighting one another. And we're setting up, son, right? <laughs> I watched him. I'm just kidding, kind of. Um, so I, we're watching these people. And here's the thing. The moment that they would turn and if we tried to make, like they see that we're making eye contact, our head would go down. Because these whack jobs would come and do a whack job on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, we want to look at one another, but there's something that, that keeps us from seeing one another. This is important because for Jesus, he didn't care what people thought. He walks into a funeral. He walks into a parade of people or a line of people that are in sorrow and grief. And I just see him walking through the crowd. And they're probably thinking, what's this guy doing? And he puts his hand on the place where this dead man is laying because he doesn't care what people think about him. Why? Because he sees this young man's mother. And he has compassion. Jesus sees a woman have you ever been wounded and lonely and fearful? Have you ever hurt? Have you ever been wounded? Have you ever felt lonely? Opens his eyes. You ever felt fearful? Jesus opens his eyes to see this woman. Sure, Jesus has a thousand other places that he could be. Jesus is on mission. His goal is to get to the cross, right? Like he's got an agenda. Jesus has on mission, but yet as he's passing through this town, he sees this woman. Out of everybody in this town, this woman is drawn to him. He's drawn to this woman, and he makes eye contact. That's not what he sees. All of a sudden, what he sees in this woman isn't just a mother who lost her son. That's not what he sees. He sees a woman who's wounded and hurted and lonely and fearful. He sees something different. I want you to think about the interactions that you've had all week long with all sorts of people. Do you see something different? Think about the guy who was angry and cussed you out. Did you see something different in him? Think about the person who was rude to you. Did you see something different? Ever a moment where you were moved with compassion, as Jesus would say, because they were weary? Did you ever go, man, these people, they're harassed and helpless. It's interesting how we view situations and how Jesus views them. He sees a widow struggling and something touches the depth. He's got 8 billion people to watch. He's got 8 billion people to worry about. He's got 8 billion people to watch. And here he is in Jesus, the God of the universe in Jesus. And out of all people in the crowd, just about your son, I see you. Yeah, you widow, I see you. It didn't matter, his agenda didn't matter. 
schedule didn't matter. His next stop didn't matter. His agenda didn't matter. The only thing that mattered was meeting her need. Jesus saw her and he had compassion on her. He realized a truly desperate situation and he sets an example for us, church, by noticing those who are suffering in need, reaching out to them with love and compassion and kindness and helping to realize they're not alone in their despair. I heard this word one time and I love it. It says, when one is suffering and in need, you could agree that their greatest need is for someone to simply notice them. We're not always gonna be able to fix each other's problems. You may not be able to fix that thing that you're going through. I mean, I'm gonna fix this thing. You may not be able to fix somebody else's thing they're going through, but we could all, I think, agree that one of the things that is most important is we'll just simply notice you. Had Jesus not even raised her son back to life, but that's what he does because he's the resurrection and the life. But had he not, if he would have just stopped and says, I see you, widow woman, Come here, hug you, I love you. I want you to know it's all gonna be okay. One day he's gonna resurrect into eternal life if he knows. You see what I'm saying? Like It could have been a different story. It still would have been beautiful. But Jesus raises him up because he sees the woman's heart. Compassion involves not only feeling for one another, but feeling with one another. It's entering into someone's depths and sorrows and struggles with them, not just saying, hey, I'll pray for you, go keep well fed, pat them on the butt and let them go. If we are ambassadors, do you guys believe that we're ambassadors of Jesus? That's what his word says, that we're ambassadors of Christ. If we are ambassadors, we represent him, that's what an ambassador does. If we are ambassadors who bring love and compassion to people everywhere, if we are living our faith in that authentic manner that God has called us out to live, then no one should ever ask this question on planet Earth. Where is God in the midst of a world's suffering? Because the answer should always be this. They would experience his love and his compassion to the compassion that we give to others as his body. So when people ask that question, you guys ever heard that question? Where is God at in the midst of suffering in this world? The answer should be, there they are. There's God right there. There's the people representing Jesus. We see people, not just what they're going through. We see their hurt. We see their loneliness. We see the depths of their heart. Because the beautiful thing about Jesus is when he looked at the woman, he didn't just look at a, a, a widow woman who was walking behind her dead son. He saw her hurt and her struggle and her fears and her loneliness and her questions of how will I pay for things? How will I get these things done? Who's gonna take care of me? He saw all of it and he's saying to you as his body, body, you can see the same thing. Do you believe it? The problem is, and I'll close with this real quickly, we have a value problem. <laughs> we have a value problem. Many times um, what we value is different than what God value, values. Let me tell you what I mean by that. When we see value in someone before you even know them, then we're operating like Jesus did. When we see value in someone before you even know, I don't have to know that woman 
that Jesus didn't have to know that woman to be able to see the value that she carries. We don't have to know everyone to see the value that they carry. We've got a value issue in our life. We place values on the craziest things. Two seconds here. I'm struggling with the cryptocurrency thing. Anybody else? Like, do it, invest in it. I don't care if people are making money off of it. I, some, some, somebody's trying to explain to me what the cryptocurrency is, and I must be dumb. Because I'm like, well, show it to me. <laughs> Put it in my hand. Can I carry it, right? Can I go to the bank and withdraw it? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Some of you guys are like, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't. But here's the thing. This cryptocurrency, somebody slapped a value on it, and now it's super valuable. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? We're taking value and putting on something that I can't see, and I struggle with that. The same thing with athletes, right? Football players, baseball players, basketball players. We're basically placing value on something that's difficult to see. We're gonna pay a guy $500 million because he can throw a ball 60 yards. We're gonna say, dude, we value your arm at $500 million because you look cool and you can throw a ball far. Do you see we have a value problem? So the things that we're placing value on either feel like they don't exist or it's hard to really tell. And here's the thing, those two things will burn someday. People all around us that are made in God's image. Where do we place our value? The way you view something or someone is going to have a dramatic impact on your ability and your willingness to show them compassion do you value them and I'm just going to say this last thing let's just be honest there are certain people that we value and certain people that we don't just in our hearts it's wrong James is going to talk about this in his book where he says you give favor to some and, and you don't to others church this cannot be we either value every single person created in the image of God or we don't. And when I say value, I'm talking about there's a compassion that we have for them. So what does all this boil down to? It boils down to this. Would you open your eyes and would you see people? When you're, when you're in the grocery store, you're we say this a lot, but you're not there to shop only. When you're in the grocery store, right? Did you see what I did there, bread, Fred? The Lord allowed you to run out of bread so that you could meet Fred, right? Did you see what I did there, bread, Fred? Okay. You see what I'm saying? Like you're going into that store and you're looking around like Jesus did. He's looking around. I, I want to see you. I want to be the creeper. I want to make eye contact. I want to see the person that God goes, that one, right there, right there, that one. That guy right there, he is going through the ringer. There is something gripping his heart, and nobody knows about it. Could you just walk up and just say, hey, I love you, man. The Lord loves you, and just, just want you to know I'm praying for you. I, whatever, or just, hey, man, I hope that your day is really good. Hey, bro, noticed you. God noticed you too. That's it. Not a profound moment. Doesn't have to be a profound moment. It's simply letting that person know, I see you. I see you. I see you. But you gotta open your eyes. 
So 2 Corinthians 5.16 says, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, but now is through the eyes of Christ. Regarded Christ in this way, we do no, so no longer. How I see people now is through the eyes of Christ. Where can you show compassion, the compassion of Jesus today? When you go to lunch, when you go pump your gas, when you go to the store, when you go into your family, where can you show the compassion of Jesus? Where can you open your eyes? Holiday season's upon us. Can you invite somebody into your home that you wouldn't normally invite into your home? I know, they're invading my family. Can you spend time with somebody who's struggling even though you've got a busy plate? Can you reach out to somebody and love on somebody that you wouldn't normally hang out with? Can you show somebody value that you know needs it? This is the challenge that I'm issuing to the church today. If we're gonna be grateful people, we better be compassionate people because what the Lord has done in us should spill out on everybody around us, amen? Will you guys stand up with us today? Would you close your eyes? I wanna pray over you today. And if you know that compassion is not a strong suit for you, you can just stick your hands out and receive this. I wanna pray for compassionate eyes to see as Jesus sees today. So Father, in the name of Jesus, pray that you would come and that you would pour out your compassion on our hearts, in our minds, and in our eyes, God. We pray that we would have hearts like you have and eyes like you have to see those around us. I pray, Jesus, that people around us would not just be, um, yeah, just little things that buzz by us, but they would be hearts that are coming around us and that you would show us, God, heart to heart, what is it they're struggling with? I pray that you would open our eyes to see those that are hurting and lonely and wounded, God. I pray that you would open our eyes to see what you see. And then, God, I pray that you would help us to touch those places. When the world asks that question, where is God in the midst of a broken world? I pray that what they see is a bunch of men and women out here that see them, that value them, that have compassion on them. So, Jesus, we pray today for your church body to rise up with compassionate heart to see people the way you see them. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen and amen. Sing this song. Thanks for tuning in today. To find out how to get more involved, go to reliancecommunity.org. Have a great week.